Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, December 14, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Let's get the lay of the land. First off, what do those three lines on the top of the screen represent? Hold your horses, we'll get to those in a few minutes. Next thing we're going to do is talk about all the things that jump off the page on the daily chart, the things that are important, the things that give us a clue for what the market's going to do next. Third, we had a gap in crap today. Obviously, that's going to play into the discussion. When we talk about things like a gap in crap, we have to take into account some of the tangible and also the intangible things. So here's a couple of intangible things. Maybe it's tangible, it's debatable, but the market's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's over. So we know about that, and that certainly is the more dominant thing than a one-day gap in crap. Although, we're not going to discount the one-day gap in crap. We're going to talk about some things as we go forward here today, but we have to know what the dominant things are and the less dominant things are. What else do we have on the docket? Well, this week we have a what's called quad witching options expiration. Quadruple witching options expiration means that the options on four asset classes are expiring this week on Friday. Therefore, and we don't know this, it's one of those intangible things, weird stuff tends to happen during a certainly quad witching options expiration week. Would it be out of the ordinary, for example, for the market to all of a sudden have a gap higher on Tuesday on what we call turnaround Tuesday? And the answer is we don't know that that's going to happen, but that would come as no surprise to anybody that's been following these videos and inside the numbers for any point of time. Let's talk about a couple of other things, namely the lines on the screen. So the first one comes really out of the intraday activity from inside the numbers, the top line, 366.27. We'll cover that one last when we go over inside the numbers. Let's get the bottom two first. The middle one is 364.38. That should be familiar to everybody that's been watching these videos. What does that represent? It represents the high of this breakdown candle. Why is that important? Because the market still was putting in a bearish wedgish pattern that would generally release energy in the downward direction. Well, they did the opposite thing. They're coming back to retest the former breakout area. Now, it's debatable at this point since they've already run a test of this area. What are they running a test of? What is the next area that they have yet to run a test of? That's really what I'm trying to uncover as we speak. That being said, the 364.38 is still important. The market is still in a bullish position as long as they remain closing daily above 364.38. However, if they come in and close below 364.38, that could set off a domino effect to the downside. We don't know that it will right away. I'm just saying that it can for sure. So from where I sit, 364.38 is important. Well, how do we know if it's going to set off the domino effect? What do we have to look at next? I'm glad you asked. That brings our attention to the next line below, 362.83. Again, 
This should come as no surprise and also be familiar to everybody that's been watching these videos. That represents the gap left open that was not filled. Now, here's the challenge. It was almost filled. They ran a test. It was a pseudo gap fill, but they didn't fill it. So the low here was 363.26. So on that day, it looks like they made an attempt to fill the gap. They turn around and here we are. And by the way, that was Friday. We turn around and we're trading higher Monday morning, yet we have a gap in crap. So how do we read this? Are we interested buyers as soon as they hit this gap at 382.83? And the answer is, pardon me, 362.83. And the answer is maybe. It's not the same as it once was. It's not the same had they not come down and made an attempt but come up short on Friday. Friday, we were buyers at the gap. They didn't get there. They traded away. Tuesday, are we going to be buyers at the gap? The situation is going to be left early in the morning for inside the numbers members. Let's see what they do overnight. Let's see where they're trading out early in the morning in the pre-market activity. We'll make a decision in real time. Couple of things that are food for thought. During quad witching options expiration, is the market going to fall apart? Anything's possible. We know that. Are they going to scare the 20 period moving average once again, make it look like the market's going to fall apart yet turn around and continue in the uptrend? We don't know yet, but those are awareness things. We have to be thinking in terms of what exactly is the trick trap fool and frustrate crew trying to do? Who are they trying to screw? Where are the support and resistance numbers? Are we above or below? What's the next order of business? That's my job. That's what we're doing here each and every day inside the numbers. Speaking of which, here's the pre-market commentary. They were gapping up in the morning. We want to wait and see what's going on. There's not much to discuss while they're gapping up on a Monday morning. As we get in closer to the early thoughts, they're making it look real good like they're going to get up and over the ES3700, the SPY370. Not to say they won't this week, just that they look like they were going to today. They turned around, pulled the rug out, and then proceeded on the gap and crap southern route. About 9.30, if they start up right away, there will be some resistance at 369.30, give or take, which is the only real resistance before the big fat round number of 3,700. You know the routine. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Top of the screen, 369.30 is that number. They ran up, but they came up short of 370 and then gave up everything on the way down. Let's move along and see what we find in the notes. What you'll find here is the makings of a trade setup where... There's a 370 hanging out there. There's a low of day hanging out there. A lot of times what they'll do is they'll run a test of one side or the other, the big fat round number, and then pull the rug out, have what we call a shakeout operation, and then send the market down to run a test of the low of day. Or they do it in the opposite direction where they have the shakeout operation, make everybody believe they're not going to go up to the big fat round number. They find support down near the low of the day, and then they turn around and they start back up in the other direction after they've already shaken out the Johnny-come-latelys from early in the morning. Now, we know that routine. We've taken that trade many, many times. That trade setup was on the board today. It didn't work. Let's scroll up a little bit more. 
You can see here, continuing to stay above 368.30, keeps the door open for 370 or more. It's not that far away, but these are the numbers we're working with at the current time. If they were going to push up to 370, what I'm saying here is 370.35 is actually the resistance, not the round number of 370. They never got there, but we're just saying. Let's say they pull back. Is there a potential buy for a long trade to ride into SPY 370 and beyond? 368.70, give or take, is the best spot. Closing candles below 368.37 means the trade was likely wrong, at least until back above. Let's continue on a little bit and read a little bit further. Still watching, getting down to 368.70, give or take, is the spot. So that's what I'm eyeing at the time. Will I be taking a long trade at or around that number under the same schematic? Yes, moving right along. They come into the number, showtime for the bulls, Getting below and closing candles below 368.37 mean any long trade is wrong for the time being. Why is that? Because getting below the low of day opens the door to fill the gap left open from Friday's close, which they did later on, but that's the reason when you know the trade is wrong and the reason you took the trade no longer exists, you have to cut and run, treating it as a business. Moving right along. By 11 o'clock, the trade didn't work. I stopped out. Not exactly what I was looking for, obviously. Back to watching. My bad. Back to the chart. So here's the trade I was looking for. Let's say they don't get to 370. They come back down, which they didn't get to 370. Okay, up here, they came up short. They come back down. They run a test of that number we were discussing in the notes somewhere in and around the low of day. Here's a nice big fat, it's only a five minute chart, but it's a breakup candle. Okay, so they're testing a low. They cut through it and they close below right away. That's it. The trade is over. I cut and run because the reason I took the trade is no longer there. They closed below the low of day. That's it. Something else is going on. The trade was wrong. I got screwed by the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. I can take it. I'm a big boy. They're going to get me from time to time. Most of the time they're not. Sometimes they do. Stuff happens. We move it along. There's another trade around the corner. Now I'm going to scroll up a little bit and I'm going to let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work because there's other stuff in here that makes a lot of sense. There was a gap. They came up short of the gap. They traded away. We talk about that stuff all the time. We're going to go back to the chart and take a look. But what I want you to do, instead of me reading the notes, we'll discuss what happened on the charts. It coincides with the notes. For those of you that are interested, you'll read the notes and then you'll have an understanding of what we're talking about on the chart. Let's continue on. Go ahead and pause the video, read the notes, and double check the work back on the charts. Here you'll see at the 112 post, we're going to talk about this in a moment. There's a couple of numbers on the board that are important near the gap. 366.30 and 366.27. What's interesting is we mentioned 366.27 before. We always say they come up short or they spike it through. You never know which one. And that's also here in the notes. But it'll be interesting to go back and look at the chart to see what they actually did. Everything we're going to discuss in a few moments is found in the notes. We'll go down real quick. Not to leave out stocks on the move. Nothing hit the target. We had no trades across the board today on all four opportunities. It is what it is. We'll get our fair share turnaround Tuesday. 
Now let's get back to the five minute chart of the SPY and take a look at what happened. The daily chart gap was 366.30. The intraday is 366.27. So what do I mean by that? Well, if we go back to the daily chart, you can see the price that registered the close, which is yesterday or Friday's close of 366.30. So I had two numbers, three cents apart, one from the intraday charts, one from the daily chart, and look what happened. So here the low is 366.33. Here the low is 366.30, and they trade away. They make it look like they're going to rally away until what they did was made essentially a bearish flaggish pattern and then came down again. When they do that, do we want the same gap at 366.27? And the answer is not when they come three pennies away, bounce away. And how far was the bounce away before they came back down? They went to a high of 367.16. So let's just say for argument's sake, it's nine S&P handles. Now they're coming back down. We don't want that anymore. They've got something else in mind, which you'll also read in the notes. And let me just go to a different chart so you can see it more clearly. I'm going to get rid of the vertical. You know the story with the vertical. You don't need that. But the 364.38, we put that on the board inside the numbers as a just-in case. We may need just-in-case, which is why we have a just-in-case scenario, both on the upside and the downside all the time. You never know when the market's going to do the just-in-caser. Let's take a look around the horn at some of the other time frames for the S&P 500, or in this case, the SPY. The 240 chart, kind of a bearish, wedgish kind of thing going on. It's a little bit of a sloppy chart pattern, if you will. But as you can see, below price, and we're kind of riding above the 50-period moving average. Sooner than later, like for example, in the first candle or maybe even the next candle tomorrow, what happens if they trade it into the 50-period moving average? There happens to be a gap down here. We know about that gap. And on the 240 chart, the gap is a little bit lower than the 362.83 off the daily chart. That number would be about 362. So would we be surprised to see the market down at 362, which satisfied the 50-period moving average and the 240-minute chart gap? And the answer is, we don't know, but we're not going to be surprised, and it's good stuff to know. The 240 chart, nobody really looks at that. Keep it in your back pocket. Put it on a sticky note off to the side. What about the 120-minute chart? Well, we have the same gap that's left open, so we know about that one already. On this chart, rather than the 50-period moving average, which we're now below the 50 and the 20 on this chart, but where are they headed? If they continued down, they would be headed to the vicinity of A, that gap, and B, this chart, it would be the 100-period moving average. So we're starting to build a full stack of information 120-minute chart, obviously we have the same gap. That's going to be satisfied on any of the charts. We have a 100-period moving average on the 120 chart. We have a 50-period moving average on the 240 chart. And on the hourly chart, the next moving average that might come into play is lower, but 360.31 on close today. That'll creep a little bit higher by Tuesday and that's one of those numbers that's a good to know. We'll use it if we need it inside the numbers Tuesday morning. Before we move on, let's have one more discussion about the daily chart. We'll talk about volume. So we had a gap in crap today, and one would think there was a lot of selling pressure in the market. We finished near the lows. 
And in terms of price, there was selling pressure in the market, but you have to notice that the volume was less than the average daily volume. So what does that tell me? How do I read that? Well, inside my head, what I'm thinking is there wasn't real institutional dumping going on, but there was some institutional distribution. There was certainly stuff being sold today. I have a list of stocks. There's enough stocks down by enough of a percentage to where there were certainly institutions selling stuff today. We have to separate conviction selling, dumping, throwing the baby out with the bathwater against a pullback, some selling, market rotation, sector rotation. Money was going somewhere today despite the S&P being down. Where was it going? Well, maybe it went to the bond market. Maybe it went to other markets. Treasuries weren't rallying today. They weren't up. They were down, so it didn't go into the bond market. Maybe it went into the queues, into technology. Some went in there. That was up today. That's an interesting signal. We'll get to that later. What I'm trying to do is set the table for a possibility. It could be a garden variety, quadruple witching, options expiration, rope-a-dope. How do we know that it's not, at least for the time being? Well, guess what? If we wake up on Tuesday, or at any point on Tuesday, and the market's trading below 362.83 on hourly closes and beyond, that's not a rope-a-dope. That's more selling to come. We'll address it in real time inside the numbers. As long as we have the numbers to where the market is more bearish, more bullish, support, resistance, all that stuff, we're not worried about what they're doing when they're doing it. We have to know our numbers. We know our numbers. How about the IWM today? Down 37 cents, less than two-tenths of 1% on close. So two things going on here. On one hand, we had a gap in crap. On the other hand, at the end of the day, they finished down 40 cents, give or take. Not a big deal. They're high on the chart, above all the moving averages, extended a little bit from home base. All the moving averages are sloping up. They're trending up, which is bullish until the time in which price comes below, begins to come below the moving averages, and they begin to turn down. Right now, it's bullish. It's a down day. We're not going to make a federal case out of it. Start closing hourly and then daily below 188 in the IWM. That changes the sheet of music. You don't want to see the market closing or the IWM closing hourly and then daily below 188. That would smell and spell trouble. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, we know the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator, but the transports are A number two and my favorite canary in the coal mine. That was a thrashing today. This is a little bit different. This is a canary in the coal mine being down 2.28%. We have to take notice. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Is this signaling more selling to come? Do we need to really tune up some of those numbers down in the southern direction or on the south side? Maybe so if the transports are a real canary in the coal mine and an indication that we're likely to see more selling rather than less selling as the week goes on at least into tomorrow, the transports may have a date with 12,000. And guess what? If they do have a date with 12,000, guess what else is going to happen? The other markets are following suit. They're coming under pressure. They're coming unto 
some of the numbers in the SPY that we just discussed before. That's a poor close. That's a poor showing. It's not a good day, obviously, for the transports. There's likely more selling to come unless it was strictly a rope dope What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? We have a bit of a divergence. We just looked at a chart that looked terrible, and now we have the Qs, which closed back above 303.50, the former high. Now, the more they go back and forth across the former high below and back above, the less meaning it's going to have. However, for now, it's still an important spot. We have a big breakdown candle. We're using that also as a gauge. They climbed up or almost up to the top of the big breakdown candle today. They didn't quite make it to the top. We'll see if they want to make another run at or another test near the top of the breakdown candle. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Above 303.50, technically there's nothing wrong with the Qs. Below 303.50, technically there's nothing wrong with the Qs as long as they're in an uptrend above all those moving averages. Give up the 20 period moving average and the story will change. I can tell you this, if they begin to give up the 20 period moving average, 295 will come rather quickly and I think 291, give or take, will come either way. I would put those on the just in case sticky note box. How about the XLF? That's an ugly candle in the XLF. That classifies as a reversal candle, finishing below the 20 period moving average. Still above 2680 on weekly closes, longer term, there's nothing wrong with the XLF. For now, likely more selling coming. These type of candles, when you see these big breakdown candles, reversal candles, stuff like that, and by the way, not accompanied by any kind of spike in volume. We should note that. So again, we have to consider the quadruple witching options expiration rope-a-dope. But generally speaking, more often than not, when you see these big breakdown candles, there's likely more selling ahead or at least a sideways kind of bearish flaggish pattern in the making. We might as well throw another divergence in the mix and take a look at Smash Mouth. Up about 1.2% today, above all the moving averages, technically nothing wrong with this market. If tech is attracting money, and the semiconductors are attracting money, then you have to err on the side of the rope-a-dope. Now, here's what you have to watch out for. You wake up Tuesday morning, and the SMH is getting crushed, tech is getting crushed, and everything else is getting crushed. Then the rope-a-dope was tech and the SMH being up today. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is a true and accurate statement. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.